Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Well, boys, off season's over. We didn't even realize it until the end of our last uh, <laughs> lighthearted Patreon exclusive midweek episode, but uh, that's it. Break's done. Easy times past us. Time to wake up. Evan, you had an eloquent response to that. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't know what I said. Oh, I, yeah, it was probably an expletive, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, like immediate. This <laughs> is the quickest I've ever seen you reply. <laughs> oh. Hockey's being played. We're here. Did that did that off season feel long, or did that feel like sprinting for like eighteen months? somehow cramming two full hockey full full ish hockey seasons in there and all of a sudden now we're finally starting on a proper schedule again i feel like the season ended three days ago yeah time really is irrelevant right now it was it did it was a good break like i do feel like we got a good break away from the mayhem but yeah it also feels like i can tell you exactly what happened in the red wings last game that they actually played on nhl ice it's crazy to think that this week it's october doesn't make any sense how is that? How can that be? It's still the end of August right now. I, I, I know. I feel <laughs> the same way. It was just Labor Day weekend. I don't know what we're doing. Oh, well, uh, hockey is back. Welcome to the Winged Wheel podcast. Uh, we are here. We are excited to talk about Red Wings hockey. I am your host uh, with a temporary burst of energy, Ryan Anna. Uh, I do not have said burst of energy. I'm Brad Crisco. And I'm Evan. And Evan. I like uh, I like our new thing that we're doing, which is pointing out features about Evan for new listeners because they don't always understand him. Uh, one of Evan's favorite hobbies is to wear the world's loudest clothes. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was waiting for you to mention that. <laughs> it's like the moment you walk in the door, I'm like, why is he wearing a raincoat, you know, or a windbreaker? I, I get why it's windy, but it's, it's October 1st. I've got to start to layer up now. Yeah, now you just got to sit there like, this with your arms out the whole episode yeah. <laughs> well, i'll just, just wait till i have a nice poofy jacket it'll be great i will stab you through it okay yeah make sure it's dark if, colors if it looks like it can be popped we will try to pop it okay uh this episode of the podcast obviously the red wings are back at training camp we can discuss a little bit about what that looks like from returning players for young prospects competing uh we're going to take a quick look into what's to come but a lot of this episode is going to be dedicated to a topic where <laughs> see the anxiety wash over your face. You know, as soon as you started talking, Ryan's <laughs> favorite topic in the world. I've actually it's funny how the listeners know us like they, they personally know who we are as people. And I sometimes forget that because, you know, we talk into the mics and we interact with them on the discord and things like that. But I've received um, multiple DMs from people. Some short, some long, basically all wishing us luck with this topic because <laughs> they know it's going to be a pain. So we're going to feed into this. Uh, I'm going to lay the groundwork and we're going to have a discussion about um, obviously one of the biggest stories in, in the Red Wings world for the past little while, which is Tyler Bertuzzi's decision to uh, remain unvaccinated. And, and he's the only player in the organi organization to make that decision. Uh, and we're going to have it in as civil and measured a way as possible. I understand. We understand what's to come in terms of the, the passion and the comments, the messages and everything. Um, there's no asking that away, but 
we're going to bring this to you from a perspective of what this means for the Red Wings. We're going to add, it's not going to be f- completely free of subjectivity. There's no way we can honestly sit here and say there's there's no opinion being fed into this, but we're going to account for that subjectivity where we can. Um, and if you disagree, that's fine because that's everyone's prerogative. And if you agree with us 100% of the time, that's probably a really bad sign. <laughs> I'm we, just glad I don't read any of the messages because I'm sure you're going to get a few essays I, at some point. <laughs> I told I told Mel, take my phone away. After we record this episode, <laughs> take my phone away for two weeks. Yeah, remember, we don't check the main account. Um, we all check the same account on Twitter. It's at Ryan Hanna, <laughs> WWP. <laughs> yeah. All complaints, please forward to Ryan Hanna, WWP. <laughs> Uh, actually uh send them to at born to dan hard he'll uh, he'll filter through them okay um (laughs) at potus (laughs) oh god this this is gonna go great yeah the nhl Uh, all i hope all i hope is that everybody goes into this serious topic with the same stupid sense of humor we are at at this point i just hope everybody has fun you know (laughs) have a good time don't hurt each other have a good time that's it (laughs) oh yes call 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 us idiots for our bad takes about hockey we give you enough of them to sustain your rage (laughs) so the surprising news to me coming into this year um was that the vast, vast, vast majority of the NHL is vaccinated, fully vaccinated. And I'm talking, I think the number was like 95 plus percent or like 15 or so players aren't. And those aren't exact numbers. And I don't know how they've been updated since the last time. I as far as I can tell, we've only been able to get confirmation or at least names uh, attached to three yeah. players. Obviously, there's going to be more than that. So obviously, um, other teams are cl- keeping the information a little closer to the vest, um, which is why I was surprised that Eisman was so open about it. Uh, well, which, Hey, I mean, good for him. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of transparency. Um, but yeah, cause it's just Bertuzzi, Ronaldo and Bodie wild from what I've gathered. So one so NHL far. player, <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, but actually. So, and here's the thing by and large, it is going. It's going. It's one of the most vaccinated workplaces that I've heard of. Period. And hey, I'm at 100 percent now. Try me. Oh yeah, You're I told this? you the one oh, guy yeah, who right. was and he quit last week. So yeah. we're t- anyhow. Um, by and large, it's going to be one of the most vaccinated workplaces you're going to find. And so coming into this year, I had a big sense of satisfaction because that means fewer interruptions to NHL hockey. People who have passionate opinions against the vaccine, it doesn't matter if we subjectively disagree about that. That is like this is legitimately you are going to see more NHL hockey because there are going to be fewer COVID related interruptions. Here are the policies around unvaccinated players in the NHL. And this is really important to note as this conversation continues about Tyler Bertuzzi. Players who aren't vaccinated will only be able to go to their team hotel practice facility and arena while being unable to use areas such as bars, restaurants, gyms, and pools. They'll also be forbidden from having teammates or visitors in their hotel rooms. And under NHL rules, teams will be permitted to suspend unvaccinated players who are unable to participate in club activities, whether due to a positive test uh, for COVID-19 or inability to travel because of government restrictions. As of right now, unvaccinated players cannot travel into Canada. If they are coming from the States. Detroit has how many Canadian teams in their division? Three. Yeah, that's uh, that's ideal. Nine games in Canada this year, and we'll get to that. 
Unvaccinated players lose one day's pay for each day that they miss, though the league will make exceptions for players who do not take a vaccine due to religious or medical reasons. So there's obviously a set list of exemptions that they have. But as of right and now, it's worth noting that um, NHL officials have went and said that list of what is considered an exemption is very short. It's short and it's short everywhere. Yeah. Um, and for those who don't know, NHL salaries, it's a little complicated how it's all worked out, but it's daily. So if Bertuzzi misses a game and also like the next two days of practice, like that's three days pay that he misses. It's not per game. So the actual number is a little uncertain, but as of right now, being unvaccinated on the Red Wings means Bertuzzi cannot travel into Canada, which means he will not be playing for those nine games, which is roughly about 450 grand. And he knows this. So that all being said, you now have a single player on the Red Wings, which is obviously Tyler Bertuzzi, choosing not to be vaccinated. Um, when he was in in his media availability, he was pretty firm about it. Like he was set in stone and he said it's a personal decision. It's a life choice. Doesn't really want to get into it. And that is all correct. It is a personal decision. No one's going to strap him to a chair. No one could strap him to a chair and, and jab it in him. Um he doesn't want to give the details and that's perfectly fine. That's his prerogative. But those are the conditions that he's going to have to work under in his workplace, which is the NHL. This is a big hiccup for the Red Wings because Bertuzzi is one of the most important players on the team. And he was going to be, his trajectory is going to factor into the Red Wings rebuild in a really big way, one way or the other. If you think back to our conversation after he got signed, we were either he's being moved, which looked very likely even at that time or they're keeping him and he's an important part of this core. So this is a big wrinkle. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll go the first angle I'll take on this is the team angle because hockey is probably the most guilty sport for you do what's best for the team. Does not matter what the subject is. Does not matter the context. It's it's hockey culture is always you do what's best for the team. So again, I'm very pro player. I'm pro, you know, players should be able to do what they want, get what they want, advertise what they want, yada, yada, yada. So from that standpoint, hey, I'm, uh, I'm not opposed to Bertuzzi making a decision for himself. I have no problem with stuff like personal decision with players. But and this is something I've been critical of for a while, which is going to be relevant here. Uh, NHL players, by and large, don't give a shit about that kind of stuff. They care about what's best for the team. And this personal decision that Bertuzzi made hurts the team. And some players on the on the Red Wings won't care. Like, they should. Like, most players don't care about, you know, P.K. Subban going to get advertisements or someone's Evander Kane going to the casino after games. Like they don't care. That's their lives. They're not going to judge these, but a lot of players do. And a lot of players see anything that's detrimental to the team as that player being a bad teammate. And let me be clear. I'm not giving my opinion whether or not I would consider Bertuzzi a bad teammate. I'm saying that's how the locker room is going to react. And the locker room is probably going to be split. Bertuzzi's got friends in that locker room, friends that want to go out to dinner with him, want to go hang out in his hotel room, want to do stuff on off days with him. He can't do that with them now. And one of the things with chemistry and hockey team is it's not built on the ice. Yeah. It's off the ice. And Bertuzzi's not going to be part of that. So you look at guys who are new to the team, like Cider and Vrana, et cetera, Mitchell Stevens, so on and so forth, uh, Nedeljkovic. They're not really going to get to know Bertuzzi all that well this year. So 
that's another wrinkle into this. And it, again, it's it's going to create this really awkward air in the dressing room. I don't care whether you think it should or shouldn't. <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. And I don't care whether you think it should or shouldn't. It's it's going to. That's the reality of the situation. And how the team handles that, who knows? Every team, every player is different. But you'd be naive to sit there and think this isn't going to cause, I'm not going to say problems, but tensions probably the better word and a it's awkwardness too right like well, let's say the 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 power play group's going out to grab lunch well now he's just not gonna go like a lot of people would be okay with that but there's gonna be some guys who are like dude like what are you doing yeah there's gonna be people like that like on and there'll be people who care don't care like everybody's got their own opinion and it's just it's going to be awkward for sure in the room, especially at the start, as you have to be like, oh, yeah, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And that's not even adding in because, again, we'd be dumb to not include the quote unquote pandemic element of this, whereas a good chunk of the population does not care about COVID. They are not worried about COVID. That's their opinion. That's fine. But there's another good chunk of the population who's super worried about COVID. They've got young kids who can't get vaccinated. So they're on high alert at all times. Oh, Tyler, like Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah. And there's one on the way. Yeah. So there's going to be players in the Red Wings dressing room who fall on both ends of that spectrum. Because I, again, I don't remember which Red Wings off the top of my head have kids or who's what everybody's medical situation is. If they have a wife who's at high risk. I don't know. I don't care. I'm just averaging out populations here and there's like 20 something players in this organization. So you're going to get a good representation of what the overall society will look like. I mean, it's his choice. It's by definition a selfish choice because he's making it for himself, which is fine. But there are repercussions and consequences of choices. And unfortunately, they're going to be tense. They're going to be awkward and they're going to cause problems. Yeah, I'm just like trying to like, move this into like my own work you know like if i made the decision not to get uh vaccinated and these were the things i did now go through for work like it's it's a lot like it's a lot of things that comply with as well as trying to be an nhl hockey player like there's a lot of moving pieces on it on that and like a lot of things you have to sacrifice for a personal choice like i i know it's not like he's like battling with you know the population to get to get it or not get it it's just like at some point i'd be like i am just sick and tired of not like seeing my teammates or having to do all this extra bs like i'm just gonna get it because i'm sick and tired of this and like the nhl grinds bad enough in an ironic way i think what you guys have mentioned here would be especially like the teammate chemistry thing would be less of a problem. And you think mentioned this before we started recording, Brad, if more of the team was unvaccinated, which is funny for me, the biggest takeaway is I think I, I, I think in my, this is just a guess. I can't pretend to know these guys. I think on ice, we're going to see a fantastic Tyler Bertuzzi player who I hope stays like injury free and healthy this year. So he can have a full season. I think he's going to perform well in the top six. And I think on ice, it's not going to matter. Like, I don't think we're going to see a big translation no. there. Like, that, we're going to forget about it a lot of the times because hockey's going to be played and he's good at it. And, and he's that's, a really damn good player, so he can adapt. It, exactly. For me, that's my teammate who I know to be one of the best players on this team who's just not 
playing in nine games. And I'm not saying there's no conviction in the world that can overrule that. I disagree. I personally, Ryan, disagree with this this specific conviction, but that doesn't mean that like other people are allowed to have their own opinions. That's fine. But if that means you are just straight up saying, I am not coming to these nine games, no, the Red Wings aren't a playoff team. But well, as a teammate, that that blows. Yeah, that was one thing I wanted to add. Of, like, good thing the Red Wings aren't good because what if, <laughs> what if, 100%, yeah, what if it was coming down to uh, like, does not, well, maybe Toronto or Ottawa or Montreal and they've got a road swing in Ontario at the end of the season to make the playoffs and Tyler Bertuzzi's not there, then I would be actually pissed off and I would be so disappointed in a teammate taking that decision. Is it sad that in a twisted way this could benefit the Red Wings? Because it could, it could get them a few points closer to Shane Wright. Steve, are you dis- are you disappointed in Tyler's decision? Why? No, he's helping the tank. <laughs> the next two years, it's a great decision. Ask me again in year three. Yeah. All right. So I decided to look it up just because Evan brought it up, and it was actually a good point I didn't think about. If the Red Wings are in a playoff race, like if they are that team, like every year there's a team that comes out of nowhere. If that's the Red Wings this year, their second last game of the year is against Toronto. I don't know if that's in home Toronto. or away. It's in Toronto? No, I was asking you. I don't know. I'm looking. I don't know what the colors mean. I'm trying to figure red, it out. Red means Red Wings and white means away. Okay. It's in Detroit. Thank God. Um, uh, actually, yeah, their last road game, they do have a road game in. So in April, they have two road games in Canada. So... The team's going to work around this. Bertuzzi, plain and simple, like they're not going to just dump him for nothing. They're not going to do whatever. Like Tyler Bertuzzi is a very good player. And like I said, like it or not, a lot of the times we're going to forget it on the ice. There's a lot of assholes in sports too. Like there's a lot of shitty people. Like it's not like, you know, he makes, this is a COVID thing. Like he's made his decision. Still a good hockey player. It's like, there's still tons of athletes who are assholes, but are amazing (laughs) at their sport. Right? Like, there's it's not the this isn't the first person we've ever come across that's you know made a decision that's been polarizing no yeah and those people like it's easy to get caught up in the emotion of it and say like oh well they're just gonna like he's he's worth nothing now to the team and he's not gonna perform this year no like the reality is he's gonna perform well this year because he's a good hockey player and that's that I think what I want to feed into here is how does Steve Eisman feel about it and what does this more importantly, how does this change Steve Eisenman's hand? Because it was a very active hand that he had to play with Tyler Bertuzzi. Only a two-year contract that he signed. So it sort of feels like he doesn't really care what his decision. Well, he obviously cares, but it didn't seem like it really affect. Like since when has Steve Eisenman ever come out so bluntly about anything? So that would made me think like maybe he like it doesn't matter to him. It's business is business. What, what I these, think so. I can't I, tell. I take the opposite from it. Iserman's usually a vault. Oh, he's throwing him on. In I the think island? he, I think he threw him under the bus here. And like, cause again, Iserman gives nobody anything ever to just come up yeah, and say, yeah, yeah. Tyler's not vaccinated. Like that was information that probably could have been kept secret until we noticed Bertuzzi wasn't at certain activities and yada, yada, yeah. yada. I, I'm not saying that is what happened, but I'm saying it's more likely than the alternative just because nobody knew about this. Nobody was talking about it. all of a sudden. Yeah, just and then Eisenman did fall later in his pressure by saying, well, I think a, a reporter asked him and he's like, yeah, me and my family are vaccinated for whatever that's worth. So he willingly threw Bertuzzi under the bus and then willingly gave his opinion on his vaccination status. So read into that what you will. But I I. A part of me thinks it was a little bit of 
okay, you're hurting the team here, so you deal with this. So for the first time on a, uh, ever on a podcast with three hosts, I'm going to come in in the middle here. <laughs> <laughs> I I do think it, I do think his words were very carefully chosen, Brad. Yeah. And Evan, I think you're right that in the end, he's like, it's you still got to. I still got to run this business. I can't strap the guy to a chair. I'm not like. I'm not going to out, go out and like say like. I think it can be both at the same time. Yeah, and I think the it was it was in the same answer. It was, are you disappointed in Tyler's decision? He's like, uh, no, like it's it's his decision to make. But then he did throw in that line of saying, "I'm vaccinated, my family's vaccinated, I'll leave it at that." He wasn't slandering Tyler Bertuzzi. I'm sure he's not like seething mad, you know, hardly able to sleep. I do think it's a wrinkle and it complicates his position as GM. And I do think. I do think that was not maybe not saying like he's going to pressure him because it looked like Bertuzzi was pretty firm. But I think that was, OK, you made this decision. You now have to face what's coming to you from fans, from media and from the realities of these restrictions. And that's why he kind of put it out there. So, so yeah, forth. freedom of choice forth. is not freedom of consequence. Right. So Bertuzzi having to deal with the media at some point with this, it could be strategic buyers. Means like, all right, let's just get this out of the way. Yeah. Like you're Tyler, you're going to have to do this. And I'd rather you deal with this now well before the season actually starts that hopefully we are dealing with this less when the season opener rolls around it could very well just be that as well right so i don't know but there's no way to me eisman's not at least a little pissed about this and vaccination itself i think has nothing to do with it this this, this made bertuzzi as an asset worth less than he otherwise yeah. would have been and i i made the point I think when Bertuzzi signed his extension, when people were asking, oh, is he getting traded because it's short-term? Is he not? And I said, I don't think Eisenman's made up his mind on that yet. And I still don't think Eisenman's made up on his mind that he was going to let things play the course. But now Eisenman knows he's less valuable to the team because he's missing nine games. And if I decide that, you know what, trading him is the better option, he's now going to get less value in trade. So... Bertuzzi did hurt his quote unquote asset value by doing this, and that can't make Eisenman happy. No, no. And I think the best case scenario here is that things play out. <laughs> the COVID situation gets better globally. I don't know. And then <laughs> restrictions generally loosen where this isn't a problem because. By and large, the NHL is a very vaccinated workplace. So I have, I'm very comfortable with saying that we're not going to see a lot of instances of like bad medical outcomes for NHL players and or interruptions to NHL hockey. So that, that to me is not a concern even right now. So if things loosen and relax, then this kind of goes away. And then that asset value comes up. Predicting that the pandemic is going to end or this is going to be bad. <laughs> uh, can't wait for the next Delta Feb version I, or I, next variant. I heard it's all over. February 2nd, 2022. Like, it's just done. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> just in time for the trade deadline. So, but no, it, it's going to be, it's extremely complicated. Bertuzzi was one of the most uniquely complicated star players who had the potential to be traded situations in the NHL already. And this is... What do you do? What's the angle? And yeah. I can't even begin to predict. Do you? Because because I can see arguments from both sides here on this one. Okay, he is now a distraction to his team for all the reasons I laid out earlier about the dynamics of a hockey locker room. We don't want that distraction. Trade him. Okay, but now he's a diminished asset. You don't want to trade him now while his value is low. You want to 
you said it jokingly, but kind of literally wait for the pandemic to be way less serious than it is now, whether that's next year or the year after we got two years before his contract expires and trade him then when his value is quote unquote back to normal. So there's no right answer here. There's no wrong answer here. There's just no way around it. It's complicated things and not in a good way for the Red Wings. Well, he's not getting traded to the Islanders because Lou Lamoureux came out very strong that everyone would be vaccinated. And I think they all are. Yeah, Lou's probably the one GM in the league who can say, you're getting vaccinated. Even the most staunch, like, I'm not doing it, would just look at him and go, uh, okay. yes, yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> should I do both doses at once or should yeah. I wait? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Lou's the only guy who could get away with that. Honestly, it's going to sound like a ridiculous thing to say. Wait, actually, which is crazy to think because Bodie Wild is in the Islanders organization. And oh, he doesn't I don't, play for the Islanders. I don't think he was invited to camp. So <laughs> No, he wasn't. And he was a hot, like an early second round pick. He's not a I remember, prospect. I, I remember us talking about wanting Bodie Detroit Wild to yeah. draft him. Yeah, he, he hasn't. You know, set the world on fire since he got drafted, but he hasn't been terrible either. So, um, I think a big asset during this pandemic and during all this has been uh, a general sense of this shit's like everything is futile. We're all gonna <laughs> die. Just laugh at everything. <laughs> That's how I've approached this conversation. Um, I genuinely am. I'm looking forward to one way or another this not being a distraction. I'm going to add one point to counter what you said, Brad, not just for the sake of devil's advocate, because I think this actually might be the case. I think you did a good job of outlining the risks of like those restrictions, the risks of how that would affect the team chemistry. I think the NHL, these are professionals and it will make an impact. I think there's a baseline level that's going to make an impact. You can't ignore that. I don't know that it will be to the degree i think we can't really speak confidently to how these players feel about this kind of thing they might yeah. just not give a shit they might say yeah well whatever like my kid my my wife and kids going to costco is the same amount of risk as me seeing you and then me going home like yeah. it is what it is so i i, I just want to like i wanted to note that part yeah it's not an argument of is it gonna affect the room it is it's just to what levels is yeah. on a scale of one it's to 100 risk. it could be anything from two to 99 we have no idea like we have absolutely no idea i hope it's on the lower end because i just want to enjoy hockey and unfortunately this is looking at the schedule the red wings have games in canada in april this is never not going to be a topic this year so we just have to deal with it and everybody who disagrees with each other just has to deal with it because we're all watching the same team open for the same thing so yeah i uh, i am like one thing i can't get away from like trying to remain as objective as possible where that ends for me is i can't get away from being disappointed that he's willingly not playing nine games. I think Tyler Bertuzzi is one of the most important players in this hockey team. And it's for me personally, as a fan, a very disappointing decision. Anyone, you know, yelling about it's his personal right. It's his choice. Yeah, absolutely. I will never tell you otherwise. I'm just disappointed in the decision. And like you said, Brad, that's whether you think it's a serious consequence or if you're laughing and saying Tyler doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, probably not. But and very clearly, like he's very staunch in his decision. That's fine. But there are going to be a lot of people in fandom, which matters, especially for a team that's bad. The fans matter because they keep the team afloat, really, while they're bad. Um, and it might matter in the room. So that's that's for me the part that I I have a hard time with. We're unfortunately going to have to face it nine times this season. But other than that, you know, 
You just have to hope that he stays healthy. I mean, like injury healthy, like he doesn't, he has a full season. Hockey is good. And you know what? Cider just comes in and makes an all of hockey town smile and we can just forget yeah. that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to laugh too. Just at the, the possibilities when you mentioned like, we're going to have to deal with it this season. I'm like, I can't wait to see the online discourse. Let's say Bertuzzi tweaks something, but like, we notice that he's out of the lineup before we know what the injury is and oh, just God. watching oh, upper, upper body injury. <laughs> like if he's out of the lineup for every reason, the bomb goes off. If he gets put on the COVID protocol list, the bomb goes off. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every, both sides are just going to have like coexist peacefully as he's playing and everything's happening. Go Red Wings. Yay. We're all happy. Bertuzzi placed on IR. <laughs> you did this with no this was your fault and it was like, oh no here we go again oh no are we are we becoming the leafs <laughs> uh, i hope red wings fans are better than that so um hope everyone made it through if you're yelling thanks for sticking out uh if you're not yelling whatever yeah oh yeah. you know what i'm I, i'm i'm too tired for this shit. <laughs> use your turn signals eat Fruits and vegetables. I don't know. That's the, that's the life advice in the end. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about um, some training camp things, some general Red Wings things. There's just been a mishmash of news. Some of this is going to come from that press conference. Um, first of all, Bobby Ryan got his PTO. So I know Bobby Ryan was a big... Uh, oh, you thought I was looking at you because you're moving yeah, a lot because you're coding. No, I was about to die. No, I was looking at... <laughs> Yeah, it was making a lot of noise, but that's just you, Evan. Yeah. Um, Bobby Ryan got his PTO, which I think made a lot of people happy. So, <laughs> and then subsequently, Jacob Rana gets injured. Yes. So here we are. Thank God Bobby Ryan signed his PTO before the Bertuzzi news came out because I would have seen the conspiracy theory starting there. Yes. Uh, so the PTO, I mean, aside from injury excluded here. It does two things. One, it gives the Red Wings a very competitive body at camp. Who could, you know, get a contract with the team still? We all know that that forward lineup is very jam-packed. But really, this is also a favor to Bobby Ryan. It's an NHL audition. NHL teams want to know who he is after that injury. Do you still have that capacity to play how you did for the Red Wings at the start of last season? And this PTO will give him that chance. So um, hopefully the result for Bobby Ryan is a contract in the end. I don't predict it will be with the Wings, but we'll see. Never know. Uh, camp has started. Verona was dealing with, uh, issues. Well, camp has started and I mean, ended today. He had visa issues. He had I think. visa issues. He got to camp yesterday, 10 minutes into his time on the ice. He injured his shoulder and now he has to go see a specialist tomorrow. We're off to a great start this season. It's, yeah. I, I can tell this season's going to go well for us. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, Red Wings hockey is back. <laughs> We oh. were wondering, hey, in, maybe Valeno or Raymond gets in with an injury. I really wish it wasn't Brana. Um, we didn't do. I didn't do something at the start. I think I was so eager to navigate the Bertuzzi news. I didn't do our Jamie Daniels Foundation readout. I'm so sorry, Jamie Daniels Foundation, Ken, for not doing this at the start. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we have partnered with the Jamie Daniels Foundation, which is an incredible organization. Uh, the more we talk about substance use disorder, the faster we can end the stigma and get support to those in need. The Jamie Daniels Foundation is a children's foundation initiative, and it was established in memory of Jamie Daniels and founded by Jamie's father and Red Wings lead announcer, Ken Daniels, and Jamie's mother, Lisa Daniels-Goldman. The foundation strives to end the stigma of substance use disorder and provide support to those struggling with the disease or who are in recovery. To learn more, 
and offer your support, visit jamiedanielsfoundation.org. Okay, so uh, the Bobby Ryan PTO is there. Verona is injured, so <sighs> Verona's injured. Um, Larkin didn't skate in today's red versus white game. So I think that was a planned part of his recovery, according to Max Boltman. I thought I saw him tweet that, uh, and Bergeron and McIsaac are progressing with their injuries along. So I'm hoping that they get preseason action. The Red Wings preseason games don't start until Wednesday, I believe. Right. So they actually have quite a bit of time before, um, that kicks off. It's a eight 30 game. On Wednesday night against Chicago, and then Thursday um, Buffalo, they have another exhibition. They you're going to see a lot of things like um, split squad, so not this, the entire squad will be um, at every game. More Chase Pearson than you can handle. Yeah, yeah, honestly. And they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in the preseason leading up to October 9th. and then October fourteenth is the home opener and the season opener against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, um, quite a bit of preseason Red Wings hockey to to stay tuned to. Um, Cider, as predicted, skating with Nick Letty. That wasn't predicted, but that's fantastic. Why wouldn't that be predicted? We thought it would be Heronic and Letty. On you thought it'd be Heronic and Letty. I really thought it'd be Cider and Letty. I don't remember you saying that, but then again, I don't listen to most of what you say, so that's very, very likely. <laughs> that's my bit. Evan, how about you? Yeah, I figured it would be something like that. I thought I'd catch you off guard there, honestly. I'm oh. some, somewhat. <laughs> most uh, of quarterbacking a power play was the most exciting development. Someone's going to have to do it on the other unit, and there's no good options beyond Nick Letty. So, if it's uh, literally none, Cider is probably already the best option. Are they going to go Letty with Heronic on the left side? Um, no, you would want Cider and Heronic together uh, on the power play if they're doing that because Cider's the righty, better for him to tee up Heronic. You would want Letty with Zadina or Vrana, lefty to lefty. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I think another good thing, and it's funny because I was watching, we were just watching derails of like one-timers. And it's not anything to be excited over, but it's just so thrilling to see. Um, Heronic was launching them from his office. I think there's a mind here with Alex Tangay coming in as power play coach to utilize Heronic in a way that makes more sense for him. Yeah, he, he Tangay probably walked Blashill into the video room and just showed a video of Heronic quarterback in the power play last year and went, see this? Yes, this is done. And then queued up a video of the year before where Heronic was on the left side just teeing off against Anaheim and said, you see this? We're doing this. Yeah. Put some real in-depth analysis into it. Um, and then there were also already people sent home from camp. Um, Sebastian Costa, notably one of them, has been released back to his junior team in Edmonton, which is the Oil Kings. So uh, that's to be expected. He wasn't going to make the team this year. But um, it's really, really important for now Costa to go back and have a strong year. It's unfortunate that he can't play a level up in hockey with that transfer agreement as is in place now, and I don't anticipate that changing. He can go to the dub. He can have a more normal season, play against a bigger variety of competition. He should dominate, and right now he's the odds-on favorite to be Canada's starting goalie for the World Juniors, which will give him a real big taste of what true pressure feels like. Yeah. So in addition to Kosa, uh, Jan Bednash was sent uh, back to his club, um, Cross Hannes and Pascal Zito. Um, Pasquale, right? Sorry. Uh, Oscar Plandowski, who, whenever I saw Owski on a jersey, I was like, Dennis? 
Is that Hugh? Um, and uh, was all they? Those three guys were released back to their clubs, and then Cameron Butler, Luke Toporowski, and Cooper Walker were released from their amateur tryouts. T Bone Cod survives another day. T Bone. T Bone Cod. <laughs> um, actually, why don't I pull up those lines? Max had lines that he um, he gathered from watching. So the lines that were skating together: um, Bertuzzi, Larkin, Zadina, Fabry, Suter, Bobby Ryan, Vlad Nemesnikov, Michael Rasmussen, Adam Ernie, Sam Gagne, Carter Rowney, Giovanni Smith, Hiroshi Stevens, Lucas Raymond. Uh, Tutayev, and we got confirmation from a Russian speaker. There's no chess sound in it. It's just hard T's. Tutayev. Tutayev. Does the Y matter? Yeah, if you want to. Like, not like a Tutayev, but Tutayev. Yeah. Um, Valeno, Riley Barber, and then you have guys like Dominic Shine, Hayden Verbeek, uh, Chris Guolo, Turner Elson, Jan Pearson, Spezia. Uh, Verona. Spezia? Spezia. What a day. Yeah. Anyways. DeKaiser, Hronik, Letty, Sider, Stahl, Stetcher, Osterley, Lindstrom, Lashoff, New Power, Brubaker, Witkowski, Renouf, Alex Cotton, who's making a name for himself, and um, Plandowski's gone now, but Donovan Sobrango. So lots of guys in there. I'm interesting. I It's interesting to me Mitchell Stevens wasn't in the top four, but other than that, those lines looked about what – like. Almost how I would have drawn them up with Verona out. So good on you, Jeff. I don't think you. I think it's hard with so many guys who could potentially play in an NHL roster. Yeah, these are not order them. fully hold up, but yeah, like it's again we've talked about it before. The Red Wings have some tough decisions here. None of these players are going to be the difference between you know multiple wins extra this season, but you have guys who are going to be nhl level competition who are have to gonna have to beat out other nhl level players there's no more franz nielsen's on this team there's no more you know well actually on defense you do have a few warm bodies but that just is what it is so the these preseason games are going to decide quite a bit we are obviously going to see more cuts um the injuries though might allow an opportunity for a guy like valeno or depending on how crazy it gets lucas raymond to be in the lineup on opening night yeah, from everything I've been reading, Raymond's been impressive. So yeah, yay! And you know, Larkin has had nothing but praise to sing for Bergeron, Raymond, and Cider, and that's not just because they are extremely talented prospects. It's because they've played pro level hockey against grown men for the past while now. So Cider has obviously been doing it ever since he was drafted because he played in the DEL. He was doing it since before he was drafted. Yeah, and you know Raymond and Bergeron playing in the SHL with Cider last year, not with him, but in the SHL last year, like they do have some kind of advantage coming into the season. So will that translate into making the Red Wings? No, probably not, or at least not on a permanent basis. Well, for Cider, yeah, he's making the team. Um, <laughs> Some top pairing, apparently. Yeah. Already. <laughs> but but for Raymond and Bergeron, if and when they are sent down, that's going to mean that their adjustment to the AHL won't be so bad. So. A comment Eisman made during the presser was about young guys moving in. And I know this is one that you, I could hear Brad's half chub go up from <laughs> where I was. Um, but Eisman said, he made a comment about young players are moving into these roles, into these positions. And so a measure of success this year can't be wins and losses. And if that sounds familiar, you're right. He said a similar thing for the past, since he's- That's the, the Jeff Blaschel get out of a jail free card. He, and like unironically, yes, like it means the coach isn't going to be held to a standard of how many points to achieve. But Eisenman's saying like 
it doesn't just mean, you know, Valeno is eventually going to have to make this team or Raymond's eventually going to have to make this team or Sider is going to have these minutes. What he was really saying is like, you know, Ronick has to be a leading defender on this team. He's like, he's talking about Philip Zadina has to be a leading winger on this team. The team is now run by these young guys and that comes with an adjustment period. And it means you're not going to win a whole lot of games while they're adjusting. All of Blashill's safety nets are gone. Anytime things went sideways, it was plug in Nielsen, throw out Philip. Oh, that's and, what you mean by safety net. And 16 minutes a night of Darren Holm and Luke Glendening. You, we saw it like clockwork. Anytime things went sideways last year, he doesn't have that. I'm, oh, things are going bad. Sorry, Jeff. You have to throw out Michael Rasmussen and Giovanni Smith and Philip Zadina. Like you don't have a choice here. So, uh, Iserman's right. Like it's, it's sink or swim for these players. It's sink or swim for Blashill because none of them have alternatives. There's not enough vets on this team to hide them anymore. And I, I don't you, think it's sink or swim for Blashill. I think you just play okay, the less, guys. less so, but, um, yeah, but no, for the other, for the players, for sure, it's you have to play. We cannot play you four minutes of regulation time and six minutes on the power play. Like you have to play. I, and I predict that that will be the case. I think I think these young guys at direction from Eisenman and probably honestly to give credit to Blashill, he recognizes that this is coming and he's been better about it. I will give him credit there. I think the young guys are going to play and I don't think there's ever going to be a question about Blashill's job all season. I don't think so at all. Obviously, he just signed the extension. So that was a given. But I think we I think you I'm going to talk to you, Brad. I think you are going to see what you want to see in terms of young guys playing. And I don't think at all we're going to question Blashill. Brad's going to come at me right now with something snarky. Yeah, I can the Red see Wings him. start 0 and 8. Yeah, the Red Wings at no- November are like 12, 18, and 6. Listen, like, if, we are, if, if we don't start the prospect profiles until December, that's a win this year. <laughs> Honestly, I think last yeah. year we are already starting the list. Let's Ugh. play some semi-meaningful games around Christmas, and I'll be happy. If the Red Wings... Okay, but the Red Wings are in a tougher division now, right? Yes. And we're going to be, we're, our divisional previews are going to be starting soon. The Red Wings are in a tougher division, which means um, the team can improve and lose more. Exactly. But what has been the actual standard I have held Blashill to this entire time? Play, and the number one thing I've been critical of him for, player development. And you just said it. And yeah, you can, if, if Rasmussen doesn't improve this year, if Giovanni Smith doesn't improve this year, if Hronik doesn't improve this year, if Zadina doesn't improve this year, or at least most of those guys are not going in the direction we'd hope. Yeah, that's on Blashill. I don't think that many players will regress, but or not progress would probably be the better word, but they have to, mm-hmm. and he can't shelter them. He has to play them, which means he has to develop them. He can't just kind of tuck Michael Rasmussen away for eight minutes a night and say, oh, I didn't play much, so you know he is what he is. No, he's, some of these guys have to play prominent roles. So that is entirely on the coach to develop them properly. And if they go, if the Red Wings are... 20 and 60 at the end of the year, but Zadina's got 25 goals. Rasmussen's got 15. Giovanni Smith is like a very effective PK or something like that. I'm happy. I'm that's what, like, fine. That's what I wanted to see. I cider is going to be everyone's focus. And I'm, I'm just so excited for this kid. I think he's genuinely like, this is like not at all analytical this is not objective this is just a purely emotional sports fan thing but i think a lot of red wings fans are feeling this and you know detroit sports fans are feeling this 
similar to like Cade Cunningham, some other athletes that are coming through Detroit sports. He's just like, he's like just a sign a kicker on Minnesota. Today. <laughs> and there he came through pretty good. <laughs> he's just, he's a sign that things are getting better. And I'm just so excited for this t- kid to go out there. The, I hold your expectations, not too high, but just, He's so much fun to watch. He's going to destroy some people. He's going to do some fun stuff. He's a fan favorite. He's always got a smile on his face. People love him already. And I think that's just what the Red Wings Red Wings fans and Detroit sports fans need. And so that is going to be fantastic. For me, my measure of on-ice success in terms of what you mentioned, Brad, player development, is Philip Zadina. What is Philip Zadina doing this year? Because he is teetering on that. Was he worth his six overall stock? You know, not kept thinking about the other players who are picked. Um, and do we have to question that or is he playing up to that level and progressing as we need him to? Yeah, I think it's more important that guys like him progress than a Giovanni Smith, because if you can plug and play a guy like him, ho- hopefully, um, down the road when the team is more competitive. So yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Like, of course you want to see Giovanni Smith do well, For sure. like Mitchell Stevens do well, but it's not about, I'm not looking at Giovanni Smith to put up. 30 goal. I mean, that'd be amazing. That'd be incredible. That'd be unbelievable. Um, but it's more so you're, you want those guys who are single digit picks to start to, you know, kind of appear to be single digit picks. Cause Zadina's right there. He had yeah. a great season last year and just was not getting bounces and just needs minor tweaks to his game. Zadina should pop off this year. Zadina should score 20 goals this year. Zadina should break 50 points based on what we've seen in the first two seasons from him. If he doesn't, that's concerning. Or at least like he doesn't have to break them, but he's got to be like right there. It, we had we had a lot of disagreement last year, you know, I Brad about why the Zadina numbers didn't translate, but I'll agree. He he looked really good in a lot of areas where he was working on it to to put it lightly as a rookie and a young player. And yeah, that is a nat- next natural step. You it has to start being converted. And, you know, this doesn't remove the onus from the players, of course, but it does come down to the Red Wings organization. So player development, coaching, they're going to have to come in and do it. I'm really looking forward to what Alex Tangay does for that power play too, because that'll not, even like, let's say the team is just getting absolutely dumped on five on five. That's when it's supremely important for your power play to be an opportunity for your, you know, young stars to shine. Give yeah. them yeah. some sheltered starts in the offensive zone. Let them fire away. Yeah, let's not go uh, 40-something power plays without a goal this year. It was fun to meme that once, and it turned into, you know, Prashanth and uh, Denver Law and Reddit ended up raising, and the Red Wings community, of course, ended up raising a lot of money for the Jamie Daniels Foundation, and that was great. But let's just raise the money without the power play intro yeah. this time. Let, let's have a, hey, for every time the Red Wings score a power play goal, we'll donate this. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, look at all this money we have at the end of the year. That would be a better alternative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyhow... Excited about preseason hockey, which like I'm not saying that to kid around. Excited about Red Wings hockey. Um, the last player specific point I want to talk about here. It's not a major one. Goalies. Sp- We're thinking split hot hand will ride when it when it makes sense. But for the most part, they're not going to ask Grice or Nedeljkovic either one of them to play many more than fifty games. I figured it would be somewhat similar to last year. Do we consider fifty thirty two a split? Um. No, no. That, that's the breakdown I expect, Nedeljkovic being the 50. 
Yeah, but let's say Nedeljkovic, goalies are weird, so let's say Nedeljkovic has a hard time adjusting to this team because he's not playing behind Carolina's defense anymore. Um, and Grice has been used to it for a little while longer. And Grice is hotter, so he plays or injuries or whatever. Yeah, you play the better goalie or you split. But again, we talk about players in this vein all the time. It applies to goalies too. Uh, Grice isn't the future. Nedeljkovic could be. Even when Nedeljkovic is struggling, you can't sit him for five games in a row. You just can't. That's not how it works this season. All right. How do you guys feel? Ready for some overtime questions? Yes, sir. Anything else you want to cover? Yeah, I want to circle back to the next game discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I feel like I can piss off both sides still. That is something that you were supremely talented at. Yeah, I... (laughs) I'm sure there'll be a question or two about it that I can do that on. <laughs> I think Evan is the only one to not have someone like some weird person make six burners specifically to attack him. You've had it and I've had it, but Evan's like, oh no, people hate me enough. They don't do burners. They just I get to <laughs> they see their, their face. Profile. Yeah. They use their work email. <laughs> if you yeah, see this face in public. I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, which is supremely I'm supremely grateful for because, like I said, I can see their face. I know who to avoid. Oh, uh, boy. Okay. It, although it's weird, though, when they have like a picture of their kid as a profile picture. Now I'm walking around like in fear Who's of the child. Do I have to punch <laughs> in the face? <laughs> I'm just going to see some toddler walking through a Red Wings game. Ah, <laughs> oh, we didn't even cover. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov signed a five year, 45 million. Who the hell video. cares? And. Uh, <laughs> Jack Eichel saga is going swimmingly, failed his physical predictably, and has been stripped of his captaincy predictably. So A level of petty I respect. Um, okay, we're going to jump into overtime as brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Our patrons are the only reason uh, we wake up in the morning. You guys are incredible people and are the only people I've ever had hope in in my life, including the people sitting in this room. I hate both of you. Patreon.com slash Winged Wheel Podcast if you want to keep supporting this show. Um, Cody Stark says, I must correct you on your Hockey Town take from last episode. Uh, I'm not sticking up for either here. I just want to make sure uh, you know the history. Neither Minnesota nor the Twin Cities have called themselves Hockey Town. War Road, Minnesota is a self-proclaimed Hockey Town. This is because they've produced seven Olympians and five NHL players uh, with an average population over the years of 1,500 people. They've been referring to them as Hockey Town for decades, whereas Detroit started this in the 90s, correct? I think we can both say Hockey Town. We can say both are Hockey Towns in two very different senses. Thank you for your time. What's the rough population of Detroit? Uh, what's the Detroit metro About area? 1,500. Like, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think like 1.2 million people. Oh, yeah. We That's could, more like Hockey Hamlet. We could, we, could, <laughs> we could take out that town in an afternoon. Like, we'll just... Fine. Let's go to war over it. <laughs> um cody that's level-headed and measured and we don't do that on this podcast no absolutely not i'm declaring war on this town no but thank you that's actually a cool (laughs) piece of information i didn't know ruthless and toothless says uh now that you've teamed up with the wings officially do you think it'll censor your thoughts and opinions with the assumption that they'll be listening no no because we've known people from the org have been listening for a while and listened i'm sure they listened and went yeah now (laughs) (laughs) no um we are always i think we've grown where we've grown is being uh, very – we just think about, you know, when we say something, how many people are listening and that we, we 
we try to think about when we say something. How many? Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get the words out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to get the words out of your mouth, and Brad's getting too many out of his mouth. And somewhere in the middle, we're finding that sweet spot. Uh, No, we'll never censor um, anything that's worth talking about or our opinions because that's worthless to you, the the listener. Listen, we just had a conversation that we know we're going to get absolutely blasted for. It's fine. Yeah. You get used to it after all. You just like, we're so dead inside. That yeah. it doesn't even matter anymore. Uh, Ruthless and Toothless goes on to say, I think Bert's days are numbered. Steve made clear uh, with the comment about his family. Uh, that, And that's coming from a GM who never makes personal comments. Moreover, we now know why Bert had contract issues. I don't know that I, I would make y- that y- logical leap. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on the Eisenman point. Um, not to the same level you are where I think he's done, but no, let's not forget Bertuzzi had to go to arbitration last summer. A sticky contract situation with him is not new. I wouldn't be surprised if it factored in, but I don't think it did. Um, Steve likes cerebral players and Bert doesn't fit that mold. Send him to Florida where he'll fit in. I do think like in this was before any of the vaccination stuff. The prevailing opinion in this room was, He's likely to be moved. I don't know that contract, tough contract negotiations twice with Eisenman spells something long term. No. Yeah. the His age doesn't fit the timeline. His current contract doesn't fit the timeline. Mantha's, all Mantha's negotiations went swimmingly and everything seemed on the up and up and his ass got booted. So you yeah. never know. Yeah, it's tough. Um, Clint Banesh says, I know this has been asked uh, and I've heard it on the pod before, but where do you guys buy good jerseys? I recently ordered one from the NHL store and the chest patch was not a patch. It was basically an iron on vinyl sticker. Yeah, you got to ignore the uh, avoid the fanatic stuff. If you are from Canada, shoot me a DM. My work is absolutely blowing out Adidas jerseys right now. Um, Sport SK, there's a Detroit place, which I need to find the, uh, the name of it. I'll try to bring it up next podcast. Um, that does really good jerseys. There's a few places. Um, if DM me on Twitter, Clint, and I'll try to get back to you. Rowan is also the Jersey guru. Uh, Max 1 million says, I feel like CVY was more vocal during the training camp presser than usual. Uh, goes on to talk about what we've mentioned about not directly saying things about Bert, but mentioning some stuff. Um, Glad I'm not the only one who noticed. I mean, I think everyone did. Uh, he also made the joke with Helene St. James about the wings mask and wearing it when talking to Bert. Should we be reading between the lines here? I think it's perfectly fair to a little bit. Um, is this the most direct Eisman will be with the media and expressing frustration or disappointment? This will probably come up on the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think it was nothing. I, again, I, I think it meant something. I think he did it on purpose and we're just arguing about severity. Was it kind of like a haha ingest elbow? Got to deal with it. Or was it, no, this is a message. We're not happy. I don't know. It could be somewhere in between, but it, it definitely wasn't nothing. I'm sh- I, my personal take on it, Eisman's exhausted by it all and he thinks it's, a nuisance and a pain in the ass and he wishes he won't ever force obviously he can't force Bert to do it but he um wishes it wasn't the case and is like i'm exhausted so i'm gonna make the joke the same way we, yeah. we get tired to make jokes like he's like if you're gonna be doing this i get to at least make it take a dig a very tame gallows humor yeah it's it was fine um 
the Caminator says, I saw my first, oh, cool. I saw my first dub dub sticker in the wild last week. A red Jeep heading north on 75 made me even more excited to finally meet up with some seller, fellow supporters of the meetup. I uh, haven't seen one yet. Um, by the way, there are, we're getting things together. We're really organizing for the event, but we are going to be doing, uh, now that we're back into the season and we're settling a little bit more into routines, um, there's going to be a lot of stuff being mailed out soon. So keep an eye on the mailboxes. A few episodes ago, Ryan used my favorite word, amenable. With that in mind, what is your favorite word? Ozzy for Hall, stay fresh. I don't know. Sleep? <laughs> sleep is your favorite word. Yeah, it actually, activity. if we had a word cloud for Evan, golf and sleep would be the two biggest words. Yeah, there. yeah definitely. No, my favorite word. It's silence. Brad likes when it's quiet. Mm. That's a man who had two kids. <laughs> um, defenestrate is also a good word. Superfluous. Superfluous is good. Um, oh, what's well, one that I... Ah, anyways, we won't get into this. Cody Geyer says, with all the drama going on between Eichel and the Sabres, do you think a team could get Eichel for a lot less than originally thought? I think we're already there. Yep. Tony Whoop Whoop says, with the youth movement in the Red Wings organization, are there any... Um, Young forwards thinking coach prospects that, you know, I, I think maybe there's a typo in there and I, or I don't know how to read probably both, uh, any forward thinking coaching prospects in the ranks hockey often being referred to as the old man club with recycled coaches. I'd love to see new blood. There's lots out there. Are there any in the right wings organization yet? I don't know them well enough to have an opinion. Alex Tangay has head coaching ambitions, so we'll see where that goes. And apparently he did well within the Minnesota Wild organization with Iowa. So um, that's where he came from, right? The Iowa Wild. Yeah. Um, code, like you look at the NCAA, look at Major Junior. Like there are, there's so many and they don't get the media time, obviously, because why would they? Um, it's hard to know, but they are out there. Colorado 14ers it says Jack Eichel is being completely selfish. How dare he put his own medical decisions ahead of the team? He's forced the Sabres into being shorthanded for all games in Canada and those in the U.S. too, for that matter. If I, <laughs> if I were a Sabres fan and had an Eichel jersey, I'd burn it for sure. I have no time for a guy who put their own health choices over those of his team. And since I'm a guy who plays video games and trades meme stocks for a living, my opinion on other people's medical choices means quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> got to melt the jersey. You can't set the jersey on fire. you got to melt it down and inject it. Yeah, it's a fair point. Like it. <laughs> I, first of all, I appreciate the um, the delivery of that, and that's a fair point. Nick Geyer says, uh, well, I did something I shouldn't. I got into a Twitter argument. This guy really said we could trade Burt for Eichel. No, we cannot. I mean, if we can, we please. <laughs> I'll drive him to the airport. A fully healthy, fully vaccinated, no restrictions, Tyler Bertuzzi. We, I would trade three of him for one Jack Eichel. <laughs> what is the worst take you've seen in your mentions? Oh, God, no. No, no, no. I have like a my favorite recent one is um one guy was very adamant that he that he already has and we should have given up on Philip Zadina. He was at like four replies deep before I just started responding with uh, meme gifts because I just was exhausted. I have that thing, that biological thing. It's more so for women to forget the pain of childbirth. Like, uh, that's like a biological thing they actually forget. I have that um with Twitter. I intentionally forget replies so i am motivated to open the app again i don't even read them so yeah i can't even read 
Um, Detroit Bombshell says, after listening to this week's Patreon exclusive, I realize I don't know anything about drafting going back more than when I started listening to you uh, over the last couple of years. When talking about draft slot and living up to draft potential, how often do players live up to what's expected? Way less than you'd think. Yeah, very. People go into every draft thinking like your every first round pick is going to be a first liner, first pair defense, yada, yada, yada. The drop off from averaging top six to bottom six uh, is a shockingly high number in the draft. And by high, I mean closer to one. Um, Once you get past usually pick 15, you're happy if you get a regular for the length of his career. Yeah. Um, A legit star uh, very rarely comes outside of like the top five. Um, Yeah. So... It's okay to be disappointed in players not living up to their draft stock. It never works out where the top 10 players are the 10 best players in that order. So don't think that it will work out that way. You just have to work within the construct of some structure to measure. You always have to understand context. Because my favorite example of that right now is, does anybody think Philip Zadina is living up to a sixth overall pick right now? I would say by and large, no. If you asked 100 people to redraft that draft right now, you know where Philip Zadina goes? Around six. Like, <laughs> so yeah. everything contextualized is super, super important. Nick Lindemann says, uh, I was reading Dom's season preview, and it seems like he's the other extreme to the back-in-my-day hockey fans solely relying on analytics without context. Do you feel like people in the hockey world are starting to rely too much on analytics without using anything to provide context? Absolutely not, no. We are still way further to the other end of that spectrum. Teams are using it more. Teams, yeah, teams. Yeah. I don't think are. Yeah, no, I think, no. I think general cocky consensus and opinions maybe do without context. I think that's a problem. Anybody, who's, not like a big problem. But anybody who's happens. sitting there and relying on one or the other is wrong. Yeah, that needs to be a holistic picture. It you need to use everything. Ryan Dodds says, "Good morning, Winged Wheel Weirdos." Uh, with all the hype for the twenty one twenty two season to start, what was your favorite off season as a Red Wings fan? And what was your favorite regular season to watch as a fan? Uh, the lead up to 0102, that cup was my favorite offseason. And my favorite regular season, oof. Maybe it was that year as well. I just loved watching that team. Uh, I mean, I'm going to go 95, 96 for regular season because that was like right when I really started getting into hockey in the NHL and the Red Wings, you know, set the all time wins record. That was a good time. Um, favorite offseason, I'm going to say I, I, I was a hockey loudmouth prick to all my fan uh, all my friends in the summer of 08 and i really want to do that again i don't care who i don't even remember if they signed or traded for anybody that offseason but we were fresh off a cup and i was telling anybody who was willing to listen how happy i was about it do you have a favorite season and or offseason they just signed marion hosa right <laughs> Um, AJ Voss says, do we know why Wallstedt fell the way he did? It's so weird to me that he went where he did and that teams had interest in Kosa, but none in Wallstedt. I know Ken Daniels said uh, on this podcast that Detroit was worried about his ability to make the transition, but we know if that was the case for every other team. Not every team needs a goalie so bad where they're willing to spend a first-round draft pick on them. And the teams that were were Detroit, who just happened to like Kosa's game more, long term and Edmonton where probably the same thing. And they were also, they had a lot of exposure to Kosa cause he was in Edmonton. So that's also why. Yeah. Uh, my favorite example of this, I want to say it was Cam Fowler um, who felt a 12, despite being a consensus top five pick in his draft was 
All the teams that passed on him really, really liked him. He was just number two on a lot of people's lists at the time. For all we know, Jesper Wallstedt was number two on everybody's list from like 10 to when he was picked. Like, yeah. He might not have been very far down on their list. They just, oh, I like this guy a little more. I like this guy a little more. So then you factor in the fact it's a goalie. Teams who aren't goalie needy generally tend to not pick goalies in the first round. And even teams that are goalie needy are still scared by goalies. So... League max fine of five dollars um, says hoping I haven't heard too much bird ha- <clears throat> bird hate. I hate to see it. Hockey's the one place to get away from the deep rooted hate and judgment. Today I love listening to you guys. I love hockey. All of the wings and love Bert. I can't watch to w- can't wait to watch some games this year. I think that's something most everyone can agree on. Obi Wan Kenobi says with the Verona injury, does that open the door for Raymond to make the team out of camp? I think it, you need more than just one, but it doesn't hurt his chances. Doesn't hurt it. James uh, says, uh, asked the same thing about Verona and Raymond. Uh, also, if there's any more info on the injury for Verona. No, not other than he has to see a specialist tomorrow, according to Max. So that's something to kind of. And shoulders are complicated. Yeah. Anytime you see specialists, you're like, Ugh. hey, Evan says, hey, Evan, let's fill your hot tub with poutine. No question. Just poutine. I, no, I'm not doing that after all the work it's taken to get it almost ready. Is it on the hot tub pad yet? No. What that's... do you do when you go home? Oh, I'm sorry. I went on a golf trip. Oh, is that a good? Do you think that was a you think that was a good retort? Yeah, I do. Is it was great. <laughs> oh, next piece of merch is Winged Wheel Podcast knives, and soon you'll be able to bid on one with real podcast host blood on it. Which one of ours? Probably multiple. It won't be mine. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, Simon says twenty seven says longtime listener, new subscriber. Simon says thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, would a good reverse retro for the wings be the one from the ninety uh, from nineteen ninety one with the stripes? Is that bar- yes? <laughs> Oh my god, yes! Every year they don't bring it back, I get angrier. And can you imagine a red version of that? Could you imagine? Ryan, think about a red version of that. I actually like a white version more, but a red version would have been fun as hell. Um, Will Schobert says, uh, decided to go in a different direction than the Bertuzzi conversation. I've been considering adjustment options to the CHL agreement. NHL teams can buy a player's rights from the respective CHL teams if they're under 20 to play in the A. The NHL team would have to pay the equivalent of what that player's value is to the CHL team. Not exactly sure what that formula would be like, but I imagine some combo of production, jersey, and ticket sales. Each NHL team could use one CHL purchase on a player they drafted, let's say, every two seasons. If the NHL and CHL team can't come to an agreement on player um, worth, it would go to an arbitrator. Man, that would really suck drafting people from a London or a Kitchener, like a big CHL market. More so, I think it would hurt the Columbus Blue Jackets of the league, like uh, or teams that pinch pennies or don't have as much. Although I think if you if you're not spending to the cap and aren't spending on your team, don't own the goddamn sports team. But that's just me. I've always been in favor of a, a set number of exceptions. Like every two years, you're allowed one exception where you're allowed to pluck him from junior and slap him in the a i do i do like that with a mix of what will has mentioned here which is some kind of compensation to the chl team because it is important to keep butts and seats for the chl because that still remains the nhl's biggest feeder series right so you can't completely strip them away of all their talent and without compensation it would create an interesting dynamic because 
in theory, the most common use of this would be after you draft a guy, you send the player back to junior for his 18-year-old year, and then you throw him in the AHL for the 19-year-old year. But if you think he's that in-between guy, you throw him to the AHL for his 18-year-old year, but then he's in the NHL the year after, so you could take that risk. It, it would create a very, very interesting decision tree for these teams. Third man in says, looking forward to the Bertuzzi masks showing up in the Red Wings NHL shop later this week. Ice, <laughs> Icebox Polka says, game time, please draw parallels between NHL and NFL teams. I think the Leafs' best comparable is the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, that one's thousand percent. Huge market, annoying fan base, always disappointed. Who are the Red Wings of the NFL and who are the Lions of the NHL? Um, the Lions of the NHL is definitely the Buffalo Sabres because just yeah. new, weird, awful things keep happening to them. Red Wings of the NFL. So is a team that was really, really good for really long and now suck. Packers? New England? Yeah, I like New England because I can't believe I just associated the Red Wings and the Packers. That makes me sick. I and actually New, New England. That's my hell. But New England was the model franchise in the NFL forever. And so were the Red Wings. And now they're awful. One of those things makes me happy. The other doesn't. It's New England. Uh, Vincent Saladino says, I had a few ideas for Patreon exclusives. It'd be cool if you did one where you project what the opening night roster for this season would be. Or if you said who your top 10 wings prospects were. I also think an episode where you bring up some hot takes would be interesting. For example, Larkin Plus for Eichel. Also, it'd be cool if you could... Pro- He's just naming all of our Patreon exclusives. Um... If I figure out you guys use my ideas without paying me, then you can expect a lawsuit coming your way. Keep up the good work and stay fresh cheese bags. Yeah, throw it in the pile. Thank God for timestamps. Lars, the prophet of the towering behemoth, says, Greetings again from Ledscar outside Skarplinge in the municipality of Tirp in Uppsala, Eon, Sweden, the land of bearded men. You can't convince me you're just not naming fish. Big axes, yet gentle, supple hands. Strange. Strange. Um... Scary thing, uh, but bear with me. I think that the Griffins haven't been very successful in developing talent. They've been given, at least not with a satisfying frequency. That's because they're employing the same hockey philosophy and strategies as the Blash Hill version of the Wings. And it's stiflingly safety first. uh, Or is there another reason as to why so few that end up in Grand Rapids come back with better players? Cheers, and can't wait to see Witcher Season 2 kicking off and Neil Gaiman's Sandman coming to Netflix. I really don't know why. I obviously I brought up the point an episode or two ago, and I do think it's an issue, but I don't know what the issue is, unfortunately, because there's been several coaching staffs that have went through Grand Rapids in the time of quote unquote disappointment. The official Steve of the podcast says, ouch, to lose on a 66. Yeah, and you haven't even brought up how the Lions lost today. Lose on a 66 yarder NFL record that bounced off the crossbar and in after a missed delay of game. I'm happy to talk NFL. No, we Harry Perry. Hey, hey, yeah. My team did you a favor today. Well, I'm first of all, I'm still losing because I'm bad at fantasy football, but I will give credit. Josh Allen was a monster today. Yeah. Harry Perry says, no question. Just a heartfelt. Thank you for the distraction from the numerous displays replays of Justin Tucker's field goal for the next four days. (laughs) That, uh, who had that shot off of the sheer face of that grass? Spieth. Spieth. Yeah. I was insane. That was uh, yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. It was the craziest shot I've seen in a long time. We were all hoping he was going to fall in the water after, right? Yeah, he was close. <laughs> oh, and then J- Justin Thomas missed that. Missed putt. the putt, dude. You cannot miss that putt no. after that shot. That they're going to be talking about that missed putt when he loses his next tournament playoff. Yeah. 
Um, Bill Nye the Thigh Guy says, listen here, dub dub boys. I didn't even flex that hard about the Maldives. It was more of a casual mention. I'll flex on you in the Discord channel or drop the photo album. Thanks again for putting out quality content that I'm able to download and save me some sanity on my 16-hour flight home from there. Keep up the great work. Uh, casually bring up the Maldives again, are we? <laughs> okay. okay. Question, did Kaprizov adjust the winger market with his contract? When can Brad do another gear talk? And winter season oh, shit, for yeah. beer league is starting and could use pointers for upgrading my equipment. We'll figure that out soon for you. My schedule is pretty hectic. I will try to get one out as soon as possible. Um, for the month of October, we'll do it. Probably, yeah. I'll, right. I'll, tr- I'll try to get one in the next few weeks. Okay. Whenever that is, I don't know when that can be, but I definitely am way overdue on that. Kaprizov in the winger market? I don't know. If you're Kaprizov level, maybe, but I feel like that's always been the case with players of his caliber. We, we always... We overestimate how many players in the NHL are are of Kaprizov's level. Yeah. Um, Vax waxed and blocked by Tyler Bertuzzi's burner says, hey, fellas, you ever think about how, like, if a giant asteroid hit Earth and busted apart, all our plastics would be floating around in space? And since they wouldn't get much UV light, they wouldn't decompose. And then aliens cruising by the remnants of Earth a few thousands of years from now would see our plastic shit floating around in space, like a VCR, Mr. Potato Head, a Cuisinart, a Guitar Hero controller, a Furby. What strange gods they had, they would think. Ozzy for Hall of Fame, stay fresh, cheese bags. Joseph, I need you to know that I love you, truly. How high are you? (laughs) One of my favorite weird comments we've ever had. (laughs) Misconduct Racing says, uh, is it just me or did Eisman look like he's slowly turning into Uncle Junior on The Sopranos? Oh, that was that picture of him in the white turtleneck watching. (laughs) It looked very overlordy. Um, Sam W says besides cider, who takes the biggest step forward this season? I really, for the betterment of the organization, it's Lucas Raymond. I'm going to come out with a little bit of an unconventional answer. I'm going to say Philip Ronick. I'm going to say Philip Zadina. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. All right. Time for Philip. It's definitely going to be Philip. Time for some, uh, Reddit questions before wrapping up here. Telekis says, Telekis, Telekis says, if you could choose one for the Red Wings to have kept which would it be marcel dion adam oates or the vasilevsky pick adam oates right it's got to be adam oates and i think the only y'all sleeping on marcel dion my god yeah he was a top five scorer in the nhl there for a while like only you were alive when he played in the nhl brad (laughs) okay for me talking about the vasilevsky pick i think you can't guarantee that that pick would have been used on him and that's why yeah the red wings were very comfortably with jimmy howard at that point my God, was it ever Marcel Dion? Are we kidding? I really don't. I can't put up an argument here. I don't care that much. Nerf Airstrike Commander says, do you see any surprise roster changes to either Detroit or the Griffins coming out of the camp? For the sake of the question, consider the injury issues to Verona, Larkin, and Berggren. I'm still really hopeful we see Raymond on the opening night roster. That would be surprising as hell, but it's probably the most likely surprising move because you know one there's been injuries and two he real good yeah um some awful username 69 says other than prospects succeeding what other aspects are you looking to see growth to see for growth with the wings this year some goddamn goals it was great their defense worked its way up to league average but they were one goal away from being the lowest scoring team in the league power plays goals don't care how they come and lastly here from Zesty Zuccacini. 
Is that what it is? Zuc- yeah, Zuccicini says, what are the minimum benchmarks from certain players or the team for Eisenman to give Blashill another one-year deal? So we heard a little bit about Zudina. Um, I think Hronik, I don't know, like Hronik's on, like score production. On, score on a goalie this year. <laughs> Just score at all. Just please score once. On a goalie. Evan, um, give us one benchmark you're looking from any player to say you're happy with Blashill's performance this year. Benchmark's gonna be like for him to put up a, a 300 at the Detroit Golf Club. Yeah, that would be nice. Get me out there. Um, <laughs> I don't know who you guys said. Uh, did you say Philip Peronic at all? Uh, we we gave joke answers. Oh, okay. yeah, I said Peronic, but I'm like his production is still his production was still there. I just want to see him actually play like better hockey. It would be nice to see Rasmussen take a little bit of a step. Uh, that's good him for him to continue his development. Give role. us like. An acceptable goal total for Michael Rasmussen this year? 13. Yeah, I like it. Very that's, fair. that's on point. All right, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Wing Duel Podcast. Uh, division previews are starting, and the offseason is over, which means we are back to two episodes a week. Full episodes. We're here. Well, the nice thing is for when we talk about Toronto, we already know their goalies, so that's that saves some brain power. It's nice and easy. We'll just call Steve. We'll get him to yell for an hour. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what we're going to end up doing. Um, I'd like to thank all of our listeners. Thank you for your patience and thank you for navigating some uh, tougher conversations with us. And for those who agree or disagree or whatever, um, I'm just excited for everyone to watch some Red Wings hockey this year. Patreon supporters, name level sponsors, Arjun Shanker, Eves Bartels on behalf of the Sarah Grand Foundation, Kyle Kragitz, Nick Perks, Taylor Tagel, um, Arjun Shanker, or sorry, I already said Arjun, Brandon M, Carl Brutunit, Brutana Nanaluski, Citizen High Five, CJ Sully, Clayton Van Dyken, Craig Kibble, Derek Enstam, DJ Denton, Give Blood Fight Probert, Greech, Hanali, Hassam Alkasem, Jacob Turner, Jake Kiefer, James E, Jeremiah Dobo, Justin and the Angry Mob, Kalen Wood, King Tone, Cody Stark, Kyle Hashman, Kyle McClure, Matt McKay, Matthew M. Rice, R.A., Ryan Hubbard, Scott Martin, Snorting Maple Syrup, uh, <laughs> right, forgot about that one, Stacey Lynn, Stove Eiserplan, Joe Santangelo, Zach Spring, Andrew Bohan, Sam Bankson, Adam, I wish I could finish like Ernie, Antonio Gracias. Can I just say it's a good thing we adjusted the camera position because my stick is out for Harambe if you catch my drift. Was the name? Yeah. Oh, he's making me read that out. And yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm not too bright, eh? Like, I'm no one ever. I didn't get it either. I've <laughs> never been accused of that. Colorado 14ers, Connor Layton in, currently out of name ideas, Dave W., Evans Bingo Card, Jeremy Brocker, uh, John Evans, Josh Yelton, Kevin McCracken, Quaz, Matt Keeler, Matt S., Max $1 million, Revy DeLuca, Trevor Pevavar, Vaxed Wax, and Blocked by Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, as burner zach handyside zach mccann a driving range superstar thank you all so very much we will see you midweek hockey is back and twitter notifications are off thanks for tuning in to the winged wheel podcast be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com where you can subscribe to the show on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you'll also find links to other ways to support the show such as patreon official podcast apparel and more and don't forget to follow the show on twitter at winged wheel pod and of course the hosts at brad crisco at ryan hannah wwp and at hockey town evan